Good morning, everyone. Let's try that again. Good morning, everyone. Perfect. Hi, everyone. My name is Donovan Brown. I'm a senior program manager here at Microsoft. I'm responsible for our DevOps vision on top of TFS and VSTS. I'm delighted today because I actually have two old friends and two old colleagues here with me today. Uh, we used to be process consultants in a past life, and now we all work at Microsoft. And they have a really interesting perspective on how source control, branching, and merging will actually impact your DevOps pipeline. So I'll let them introduce yourself. We'll start with Steve. Um, hi, I'm Steve St. Jean. I'm a senior ALM consultant with Microsoft's premier support for developer group. Great. And we have Abel. My name is Abel. I am a TSP for the central region. Perfect. So for those who don't know acronyms, TSP basically means for a technical sales professional. Uh, he does all the fancy demos to prove that our software can actually do all the stuff that our salesmen claim that it can do. Uh, it's an awesome job. I know that firsthand because he actually has my old job. <laughs> Sometimes I miss it. And you I hear you're trying to go for one too, right? Yeah. Potentially. Very, very yeah, cool. We'll, we'll see what TSP happens. TSP is the best job you can ever have, so Abel, yeah. enjoy it. I, I still kind of regret Donovan it. Donovan cannot have it back. I know. I regret giving you that job. So let's talk about branching and merging and how it impacts your DevOps pipeline. Most of the time when people start talking about DevOps, the first thing they talk about is automation. Just automate, 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 right? Well, I am not a fan of automating a bad practice, right? Just making your bad practice faster just makes you do bad things faster. So I want to make sure that from the very beginning on how our source control is structured, that we're able to do it properly. So how would you guys like to begin? Um, are the folks okay with the DevOps mindset? Well, they you should be. Uh, and if you're not, um, I actually define DevOps for Microsoft that we're using right now in the Cloud Roadshows, which is literally going global. I first introduced it at um, Ignite New Zealand. And the definition is extremely simple. It's uh, DevOps is the union of people, process, and products to enable the continuous delivery of value to our end users. And it's a very simple definition, yet it contains a lot of power because to deliver value, you have to monitor your application in production. Uh, when it comes to products, we have you covered here at Microsoft. And our products are going to actually help shape your process that is going to enable your people to do amazing things. So what we want to do, though, is make sure that when you start down that path, we haven't started in a bad place. And source control is where it all begins. you got to get that code in source control and get it in there in such a way that we can now use it effectively to build a DevOps pipeline. So, so, so what I've encountered, and I think you both can agree with this from past experience, is that a lot of the customers out there aren't at the maturity stage for the DevOps nirvana that we talk about getting to. Oh, I, I would agree and, with that. And so understanding that there are foundational aspects, uh, starting with version control, before you can even get to the automation, to really understand these concepts is really important. Agreed. Um, so one of the first concepts that, that I try to get across to folks is, I have this version control repository for code. I have a web app, I have a COTS, you know, off-the-shelf app, yeah. I have something I'm, c I'm configuring, I've got a, a desktop application, whatever it happens to be, or a number of pieces. Sure. How do I manage that delivery of that when I get to DevOps Nirvana? I have to start way back in deciding how the code is structured. Agreed. In, in source control. So I use the concept of a releasable unit. Okay. Uh, the way I think about it is if you look at the Office team, Microsoft Office really has a couple of major components to it, right? They have the Office Suite, mm -hmm. which includes Word, Excel, PowerPoint, Access, blah, blah, blah. Then you have Visio, which is actually part of Office, but it's not part of the suite. Correct. So it's a separate releasable unit because it ships differently. It does. You have SharePoint, which is a whole big set of engines. Agreed. Then you have Project Server, which is on top of SharePoint. Sure. You have Project Client. Those are some of the major pieces that you have in, in their world. Yep. Organizationally speaking, you will, you will ship the Office suite as a releasable unit. It has a ship vehicle of the Office installer. You may not install everything. Sure. 
but it's all there. And, you, and you'll service pack together. And you'll hot, yep. you might hotfix separately QFEs because it targets a certain application, but it might not. Understood. So those are the kinds of concepts. If you structure a releasable unit um, in version control first, that's the first thing you have to do is figure out what those things are. Okay. And then everything else flows from there. Perfect. So sort of let's flip over to a whiteboard here. So if I start off with this idea of a releasable unit, um, in version control, uh, and I'm going to start talking about centralized first, so TFVC okay. versus Git, although the concepts are pretty similar. Okay. Um, at some point, you always have main or master, right? Or this trunk. Or, or trunk or whatever you want to call it. Sure. I'm going to just call it main. And the idea is, is main is your vnext. So whatever is going to ship in the next version is going to be in main. Yep. We don't do the. You ever have to work with a uh, at a company where they said it's release time or we're getting close and we're stuffing QA and it's just buggy and time it's not for code done. freeze and time all that. Time for code freeze and exactly. then it gets even further. Now you're fixing the bugs and you're, you're just causing more problems because yep. something wasn't defined properly. And then you're really close to the release date and someone says, usually a product manager, just roll it back, roll back that feature. Right. Which is the equivalent of saying, take the sugar out of my coffee. <laughs> right? You can evaporate the coffee, but what do you have left? It ain't sugar. Exactly. Um, so the idea is never to get it in there in the first place. Right. So branching for isolation, while it's good for that, and when you think about using Git with uh, the branching strategy on the local machine, mm -hmm. that's what you're trying to do in the pull request to get make sure that stuff that goes in is good. Right. In centralized version control, which most of our customers still have and use, um, you don't have some of those benefits of the, the pull request model. You know, you have a, a, a variant of that. Yeah, so like the idea the, uh, is that data check-in or something. Data check-in or something else, and then code review after the fact sure. or before or whatever. But you have this main line where you're doing your commits, right? You're doing your check-ins. Yep. At some point, when we get to the, the Delta Nirvana, what I want to see for Nirvana is I want to see every time I do a commit, I want to see a build trigger. Absolutely. Right? Continuous integration. And, and I want to flow that out to production through through gates that where the, the quality is checked at every single level, and we can disqualify that earlier. Absolutely. Um, if you have a, a lower level of maturity, that's very difficult to do because you're not shipping every commit. Not only are you not shipping every commit, most of them don't even have tests, right? So yes. how many customers do you meet that don't even have unit tests, right? So let alone yeah. being able to validate, they're still manually testing everything, right? right? So that makes reaching that, that utopia that we're all trying to get to very difficult. So and I agree, mm -hmm. um, there's a lots of things that have to be in place, but I think the point that you're driving home, which is really important, is you got to start at the beginning. Yes. And if you put it in the source control incorrectly, getting it out is going to be just as difficult. Right. So when you start thinking about your branching strategies, the, the core concepts are branches are expensive because they stop me from integrating. So, they, so you keep code on a feature branch or you keep code on any other type of branch, a team branch or whatever, a, a developer private branch, even the worst. Um, you lose code. You have old code sitting out there. Merges are painful. It's, it's a really hard process to work with. Right. So you want to try to keep stuff as close to mainline as possible. But if you can't, then you have to start thinking about branching as two separate aspects, two separate patterns. Okay. There's the, the new development pattern, so the feature branch model yep. or the topic branching in Git. Mm -hmm. And then there's the support branching. Okay. Right? So so code that's going to production versus code that's coming into main. Sure. And main is where we pivot. Okay. So everything wraps around main. So you can make a hybrid model out of that. So if we're thinking about just just the aspect of I'm working on main, main is vnext. Put that over here. Vnext, and I get to feature complete, which is something that happens all the time. A lot of clients still have that, that I'm sending stuff to QA, and they're going to bang on it for a while, and they're going to send bugs back. But they don't have enough um, uh, resources, enough okay. testers, let's say. Maybe it's three developers to a tester. Right. 
So th that tester is not going to drive enough bugs back into my team just to, to uh, allow them to work. Right. So they're going to be sitting around. Sure. So we may want to enable them to start off. So let's say we're back here. We get to feature complete. This is a build. You know, uh, I have a CI label on this that I, you know, one dot zero dot x dot y, and I decide we're going to support that's that's a release candidate. Okay. So we can take a branch of that code, and we can do a. Um, oops, let me erase that. Let me erase that. So we have this is support area. Basically, we're doing stabilization, right? So maybe we're stabilizing v1.0. Okay. Now my question to you is: is if I'm looking at this from for, from like a tooling perspective, mm -hmm. I, I know we have our, our source control, we have our continuous integration, we have our continuous delivery. Right. Every single time I check in code, I want that code in an environment as soon as I can possibly get it. So are you telling me that in this scenario here, I have to build two different pipelines, one pipeline for my support branch and a separate pipeline for my main branch? That's, that's exactly correct. Okay. Um, so what would typically happen is you'd see main flowing into a CI build. Okay. And then that might dump out into the uh, dev environment. Would it stop there, or are you going to have a pipeline that's going to take me all the way to To be production? honest, in this case, in this model right now, I'd stop there because that's not my that's not the intent of the CI build. The CI build is there to do the CI testing, get my developers back to work. Okay, and then give us an integration environment yeah, which we yeah. can play in. So, so you can play it. Gotcha. Um, so then I'm going to have a completely different branch. I mean, a completely different pipeline for support that's going to go all the way into right. production potentially. Correct. Yeah, and then pipeline. So if we sort of scroll up here, to I'll just bring that out because we sure. need more. So now we have the support v1. That's our release candidate. Yep. Right. So we're going to be sitting up here on this branch and doing bug fixes as they come in. And now my team is going to be working because they can't keep busy with the bug fixes. This, I have more developers than I have bugs coming in. They're working on the next version down here. Makes sense. On main. So basically, main is v next. This is v1.1. Right. On the on main and 1.0 is stabilizing up here on uh, the support branch. So that means. Main is not my release candidate. That's what I'm going to test. So this is sort of the intermediate step. If I was doing the DevOps Nirvana, I'd collapse this whole thing down. Every commit to main would pipeline through a CI build, gated check-in. You know, it makes a release candidate immediately. Sure. So in this case, my support v1.0 branch is going to be feeding in my RC build, okay. which is going to feed into, say, my QA, uh, UAT, Staging and production, and potentially yeah. you would have still started it with a dev branch, though, right? Stage. I, mean, I still would have my pipeline would start always with dev. In this case, yeah, because these well, these are closer to the commits. The, uh, the the V1.0 branch stuff up here is a lot oops, is a lot closer to the the real pipeline. So all those bug fixes, you could trigger a CI build and make each one of them release candidate. Right. The only reason that I, I was calling out this particular pipeline that you do that doesn't have a dev branch in it is because I still want my developers, as they're developing code, to have a place where they can go say, is this even ready for QA or not? Because right. I can imagine my okay, QA yeah. team being very upset when every CI build shows up there and it's worse <laughs> off than the last build that they got. Correct. Yeah. Right. So I always start a dev. No matter what pipeline I'm working on, I, I want my developers to have an opportunity to say, this is our environment where we get to go integrate all of our pieces to verify that, yes, this is good enough, and then I would make them an yep. approver on the outside of the dev branch, right? Yep, Let absolutely. it go rushing into dev, just as you described it, right? Go in there every single commit, go ahead and start testing it, guys. Run your own automated test against it, and if the te if whoever you redesignate, maybe it's the lead, maybe it's uh, a team of people, 
Once we give it the thumbs up, then it goes to QA. QA gets notified and says, okay, it's time for us to run all our functional testing, our exploratory testing, the whole battery that's going to start generating those bugs, right? Right, And then working it back through. That's the only reason I noticed here is that I am a big proponent. We're, we're coming up with some features in RM that are going to allow you to kind of skip stages and things like that. And it kind of makes me... Like the whole point of the pipeline is to protect us, right? I mean, mm -hmm. I understand a lot of our customers for are asking for certain types of features. Part of me is like, that's not what you want, right? And I almost don't want to give it to them. Just like, I know that's not really what you want. What you're saying is, is that our lead time is so long that we have to skip steps. And the steps that you're skipping are usually the ones that have most of the testing in it. And then you're yeah. rushing these horrible changes into production and we're giving you the vehicles to do it. So I've had I've gone ahead and said I'm gonna I'm gonna just save my piece, but we're still gonna give you the power to do that. But I'm always gonna preach you go through the entire pipeline. And it's a, and that's that's fantastic. And this this model is basically set up the way we talk about this model sure. is to allow us to get to the point where a, a an organization can begin what they are, can begin bringing in some good practices. That's a valid point. And then as we move towards the DevOps Nirvana. They can actually start collapsing down these pieces that are, that are sort of propping up their pattern. I know, I yeah. completely agree with that yeah. as well because we have integrations with Jenkins, we have integrations with Subversion. Right. And yes. the only reason we would, <laughs> would do that is because you're already there. Yep. And we don't want there to be any friction in you being able to start using all of our functionality. So I completely get it. Is that yep. Donovan, people already have these shortcuts, yeah. right? And they're going to still want those shortcuts because they're comfortable with them. Well, and, and here's the thing you know, we, both Steve and I, and actually you as well, we all come from a consulting background sure. where we work with enterprises across the United States, across yep. the world. All across the world, yeah. And so we understand here's the Nirvana situation, but that is not where a lot of enterprises are at right now. That's a good point. So yep. because of that, they need to have steps or stages that they can go through, baby steps, to reach eventually, hopefully, yeah. DevOps Nirvana. And what's really good is that our tool set is flexible enough to where whatever yes. you draw right now, we can model that. Right? Our tool which set is, oh, yeah. is completely which is really good. flexible. All right, great. So I, I, I don't want to do in on that anymore, but that's, yep. that's a good sidebar. So anyway, so, so the quick and dirty of this is that we have this stabilization that happens out to a certain point. So we get out here, we have the builds running, and we get to feature complete, I mean, we get a QA build that's good, a release candidate, sure. that makes its way through the pipeline to production. Fantastic. So because of that, we ensure that we do yeah. A reverse integration. Absolutely. So we don't lose those changes Absolutely. as we continue working on. Yep, and then you rinse and repeat. Yep. Now, see, now, uh, so when, I'm looking at what I'm when I'm looking at this drawing here, to me, this screams web application because I only see there's one support branch. It's whatever our RRC is going to be, but I don't see anything out here for a COTS type of application where there's five different versions in the wild that we still have a support contract with, right? So. Yeah, and, and the, the part of it is that the model is, is geared towards. I, I gear it towards uh, web applications or line of business applications that are internal, okay. which is which is the, the sort of the eighty-five percent okay. of what I've come across. Fair enough. And those are the folks that really need the most help, and this is the most approachable way I've seen to come uh, to come to that point where we can start getting into the pipeline. Okay. Um, the assumption, actually, in the model right now, is that there is one version of production at a time, but okay. it supports. I've actually seen customers use it leave branches around a little bit longer. So this 1.0 branch might stay around after 1.1 goes into a pilot phase. Gotcha. And 1.2 is in QA. Okay. And 1.3 is on main. So you can you can leave it around, but it doesn't handle things like Windows. You sure, know, where you have Windows to have Windows multiple versions. Yeah, where support. I have to have you know a, sure. a service pack branch, and then sure. I have a hotfix branch off of that, and then I have a QFE branch off of that, and I have multiple teams doing different parts of that. With, you know, the branching structure gets really crazy. Absolutely. Yeah, but, but here's the thing, right? This branching strategy that Steve is describing, it's a very, very, it's, the branching strategy is at its most simplest form. Right. You can build upon it, right? If we needed to do 
multiple versions. Could something like this handle it? It can. We just need to expand on it, right? Gotcha. So, so whenever we talk to customers, we're always like, well, let's start with the least amount of complexity that we can, and then we'll build more in. If you happen to need to support multiple versions, could you do this with this type of branching strategy? Yes, you can. Instead of this, this main being your your potentially be production, you know, you will have your different version branches. So this can be version 1.1. Sure. Right. And then you can start laying on the whole patterns again, the same patterns that we did before from main, except you would actually start from the different version branches. Gotcha. Right. So you just extend the pattern, follow that same type of pattern over and over and over again, and make it as complex or as simple as you need to. Yeah, this reminds me of the branching guide. I mean, we've all, I think you two are still rangers. Yep. Mm -hmm. And once I moved to the PM group, they kind of stripped me of my rangerhood. <laughs> they basically <laughs> said, you won't have time. I was like, yeah, sure I will. And they were right. I do not have time, unfortunately, to contribute as like I used to. But uh, I remember the branching guide that came from the rangers, which was like the yep. Bible that we preached mm -hmm. from while we were consultants. And what I thought was really interesting about that was the ability for it to create this really simple like mainline branch, and then mature that into this just model, just this crazy out of control feature branch yeah. yes. kind of thing. But you so don't start there. Exactly. Right. You don't right. want to exactly. start from That's the, the crazy point, model. Is that you want to want to walk before you run, and yep. and that's, that's nice. That's why I want to point that out is that I see what's happening here, but I was thinking there's a lot of things that I'm not seeing here that I would expect to see. But I understand what you're saying is that no, let's just get our customers moving. And then let's get them with some best practices. And then we'll yep. mature this branching model should it need to be matured. And if I deliver this to a customer, which I've been doing a lot for the last maybe six months or so, um, like I went so far as to learn PowerPoint <laughs> to to generate this in a PowerPoint for the customers to show them what's happening before I did whiteboarding. Gotcha. The, um, the thing that I found that they loved about it was that they didn't, they weren't separating soft new development, so feature branching, topic branching, from support. So gotcha. the model tried to conflate all that stuff together around gotcha. this main of the good code, and you wound up, they're different purposes. The reason you have those branches are for different purposes. Absolutely. Uh, and they have different life cycles and different lifetimes. So the models are, you, know, you can pull together multiple models into a pattern, a hybrid pattern, um, that works for your organization. You might have very simple branching uh, at the release at the very top, and you might have this crazy feature branching below it because you have teams upon teams upon teams of feature teams that are all trying to coordinate together. Gotcha. Now, the isolation. one other thing that I see here that's that's kind of screaming out for this whiteboarding session for me is is that you are you are very pivoted towards the central version control people because one of the statements you made was you you were kind of almost saying we need to have as few branches as possible branches are expensive you have to worry about merging but if you were to talk to a born in Git era mm -hmm. team they would throw you out of the door when you said branching or it's like if, if you give any hint that branching is a bad idea then they immediately shut off. It's like, no, that's so, not crazy. We branch like mad. Yeah, because I'll, I'll it's let you so take quick. this one. <laughs> yeah. So, so how how do you go into a company who's born in Git and branches when they sneeze, and then you're telling them that you need to branch less and merge more often? So here's the thing. I don't care what version control system you're using, central version control system or distributed version control system like Git. Branching is always going to be expensive. And it's really not so much the branching portion. It's at some point in time, the code merge. needs to merge. Sure. And at that point in time, that's when the headaches arise. Right? Right. However, because you have a distributed paradigm, the workflow is a little bit different when you're working with Git. And, and because of that, yes, on, on my local repository, I can spin as many branches as I want. I can make it as complex as I need to. Um, and it doesn't matter, right? because it's just on my local repository. But once I hit that central repository, which at some point in time in an enterprise you're going to have to, 
if you have too many branches and you're going to try to merge those things together, you're going to run into the same type of problems. Perfect. Right? Yeah, agreed. I mean, I always remember one of the sections in the, um, in the branching guide was basically calculate the re return on your investment. Mm -hmm. Every yeah. branch has a cost, yeah. right? And, and, and one of the ways you can mitigate that cost is to branch, I mean, is to merge more frequently, yeah. right? Which a lot of people don't want to do because we were all taught to start something and you finish it. Finishing it could be weeks and I'm not going to merge until I finish it, right? So we started breaking our things yeah. down into smaller chunks that we can, we can integrate more, more frequently and obviously so so. so. so here's the thing with Git, the workflow is a little bit different. Sure. Uh, just by nature of the beast, right? And, and because of that, I'm actually kind of a fan of the workflow with Git. And I guess I can start drawing them. Sure. Um, Lots of void space? Yeah. There you go. Take over. <laughs> So you know the typical Git workspace or, or workflow is you have your master branch. And as soon as you get a topic assigned to me, so I get a, a PBI assigned to me. We'll call this PBI1. Okay. The first thing that I'm going to do is, once again, because branching is cheap in, in Git, and it is cheap. You can create as many branches as you want. I don't know if I would. That's interesting because we keep using the word cheap. I would say branching and Git is fast. It's yeah, fast exactly. It's fast and it's easy. Correct. I don't know if necessarily do you think cheap is the right word, but fair enough. That's, okay, fair, fair enough. Okay. Fair enough. So it's extremely easy for me yes, to do. Yes, absolutely. Right? And, and absolutely. I don't have, I don't have the same type of overhead as if I was using TFVC and I wanted to create a branch for every single topic. Agreed. Okay. So I would create a topic branch for my product backlog item. We'll call this number one. Okay. I would make my ch changes in here. Sure. And once I was finally done with this feature, with this product backlog item, I would make sure I write my unit test. Maybe I'd e even write my automation for it. I test the living daylights out of it sure. until I think it's great, right? And at that point in time, you merge that back into mainline. Yep. Right. And and at that point in time, now your master branch, it has that feature and it potentially could be shipped. This entire feature. Of course, we might hide it with with with, with feature, feature flags, flags or, or, or like what that. have you. Right? Yeah. So, but um, that's that's a whole another conversation. Absolutely. But you end up with this type of pattern, where every time I get a, a product backlog item assigned to me, I'm going to create myself a feature flag. I'm going to make the changes in it when I think it's all done, and when it is done, it gets pushed into mainline. So at any point in time, master potentially could be shipped out all the way out into production, right? So all of a sudden, this starts, and this is really not very different from what Steve was showing earlier. It just so happens with the Git workflow and because local branches are so easy to do uh, or, or, feature, or, or uh, topic branches are so easy to do, all of a sudden it's easier for us to work in this type of pattern, right? And, well, and these... Well, Git 2 also has another layer of abstraction. Yeah. For centralized version control, you have your local workspace, which is unversioned, and then you can put a branch off of main up in version control and use that just like you're doing here. Sure. And then you have main. But with Git, I actually have the local repository version of the branch and master locally. I have my topic branch. I can do commits against that, which gives me that extra layer of abstraction to work in small increments sure. and have history. And then I can turn around and, and flood that back in through a pull request. Yeah. yeah. And, and here's the thing, right? These topic branches, before I merge back into main, usually that's where the pull request happens. Correct. Right. And and then once it's done, once the pull request is done, these branches go away. Do you find a lot of your customers, again, we talked about maturity when we first started, about the maturity level. Um, and I know pull requests are pretty common with, with the Git workflow, but are you finding a lot of your customers that are using Git are mature enough to actually do a pull request correctly, or are they just going ahead and committing directly into master? The customers that I've run into so far, by the time they've decided we want to do Git, they are very motivated to try to do Git correctly. Gotcha. So they are trying to say, well, 
we're going to do topic branches. Before we check it back into master, we're going to have the pull request. We're going to have the code review. And then we merge it back into master, right? right. So, so they're, they're the ones that I've seen are doing it very, very well. Gotcha. And then your DevOps pipeline is always off of master then? It's always, right. uh, uh, yeah. So if Steve was, was talking about, well, what ultimately is, is the pipeline, you got your branch is going to be master, your build is going to be your RC build, right? Yep. And then your pipeline is just going to be your entire dev, pipeline. Dev, QA, so you got the whole nine yards. Dev to QA to staging, production, however many, or, or however green, many stages or you need. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, all the way to prod. Yeah. Okay. Right? Gotcha. So then you start getting, you, you really start getting into this DevOps nirvana of, you know, as a dev, I make a change. I get a change assigned to me. I create a topic branch. I make the changes in there. I do my code review. I merge it back into master, and potentially that change will flow all the way into production. Potentially. Gotcha. But it might collect a few of those PBIs before the release actually happens. So oh, yeah, so I would expect to. Yeah. Develop yeah, yeah. on a cadence, release at need. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, sure. So talk to me about, so this sounds like this is what we would go and tell our customers to go do. Tell me what you've been seeing in the wild that you would tell your customers you wish you hadn't done that. <laughs> Which, I'm sure, <laughs> which um, I'm sure there's a lot of that. Yeah, there's a lot of folks that go branch crazy. And they, they say, you know what, we need to isolate this code. Um, back to my analogy yeah. of my coffee, right? You know, don't put right. the sugar in the coffee. Right. If you don't want it in there, wait, sure. wait until you're done. So that means, like I could do feature branching for that. Like I come over here on main. And I'm going to go downward for the, for the new development stuff. And I could say, okay, you know what, let's, let's run a couple of feature branches out here. And they run those feature branches along, so feature one and feature two. First one finishes wins and gets merged back yeah, in. Yeah, well, so, so you wind up you know, like this. So this guy finishes, and we're done, and they, you know, they take a reverse integration, hopefully, and then they forward integrate back in and deliver to production. And then feature one has to do the same thing. Well, feature one has to take exactly. that merge. And actually, hopefully, what's happening is every day we're taking forward integrations. For main, so we don't get too far off of main. Right, and that's assuming that there's other feature branches that are also going. Here's going the into part main. where my brain explodes. So feature one has already been merged into main, and without a doubt, there's going to be some PM out there that's going to tell me, you know what? I don't want feature one because it's so buggy. Why don't we just roll it out? Yes. Can't you cherry pick it and roll it out? Yeah, it's and painful. the answer is take the sugar out of my coffee. Things. No, once it's in main, it's going. So that's why I always tell folks if you're using this pattern, V next. Anything that gets to main is going. So that's where the the feature flagging comes into play. Yep. If, if that would have been the easiest way to. Take yeah, that thing I wouldn't. Out of there. I wouldn't pull a feature branch. Right. Trying to get folks to understand that you can. You have to start chunking up your work into smaller pieces. A feature branch means I'm going to do this huge, massive change. A feature typically is x many user stories. Sure. Right. And some of them are, are minimum viable products. Some of them are enablers that make it sure. nice and easy to use it. And some of them are goal plating. But you might have. 25 stories in a feature. Sure. Are you going to wait until all 25 are done before you integrate this back into the main line? I better not. <laughs> and I have customers out there where they, they do it because they haven't planned early as to what's going to be delivered. And there's also some education and there too, yes. right? Because that PM who comes running in and says, can you just tease these two apart, doesn't understand the technical limitations behind that request, right? right? And whenever I go in as a scrum master and I'm about to lead a team, I mean, Abel, you've, ha you've been in that meeting that mm -hmm. I do. It's like a 90 minute, this is how we're about to do this. I educate 
everyone, not just my team, but everyone who's going to interact with my team, the receptionist, and why. I mean, everyone has to understand this is the definition of what we're about to do. And the scenario you just described is where that individual making those unrealistic requests has not been educated. Right. right. And, and needs to be educated on, no, you need to make sure that you understand what you're asking for before we merge it back in because there is no merging it back there out. There is no yeah. merging back yeah. out. That, that's a and behavioral that's change. We, oh, agree. We as IT in general... Um, it's the people happy. part of we the definition, yeah. right? And that's Correct. the hardest part you can't, to fix. You can't solve a people problem with process. Or tools. Or and tools. you can't solve a process problem with tools. Or, yeah. I, I mean, you, I, I, I always say this whenever I do EBCs here. I'm like, guys, I'm about to show you some really amazing tools. But there's not a tool in the world that is going to fix your people problem. Mm -hmm. right? That's why I said it's the people, the process, and the products. And I put products last. And I put people first. Because people <laughs> have to agree. Because I can give you the best process. I yep. can tell you the best branching strategy. I can give you the best products. And if your people do not believe, you are still going to fail in amazing ways. Yep. <laughs> right? Because you're just simply going to resist. In amazing ways. Exactly. Right? Really creative yep. ways to... Oh, I, yeah, it, it, I agree. Tools cannot fix so, this problem. So you're talking about bad things that we see. Sure. This clearly is one is a, a bad thing. One that I see way too often that drives me crazy is people will have a branch for every environment. <laughs> and I wait. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. <laughs> oh yeah, because they get to rebuild yes. it every time, which hold is up. one of my so, pet peeves. So I, I look at that and I try to soften the blow a little, and I talk to them. I'm like, I understand why you guys did this. Because at one point in time, the only way we could do deployments was to add automation at the end of a build. Yep, agreed. So then, that. now you need to have an elaborate branching scheme to try to isolate your code for each environment. But stray code always is gonna is gonna stray through, and you watch that entire room full of people going, "Oh yeah, they all agree with you." I never have anyone push back on that, but their answer was, "Well, we didn't have a better way." Yeah. and I felt horrible. I mean, I, you guys know this that when I joined. Microsoft, I attached myself to this product called Release Management. Mm -hmm. right? I saw that. My eyes got biggest plates and said, oh my God, that is what I've been missing for the last seven years as a process consultant. Because mm -hmm. we all bastardized that poor little XAML build oh, and goodness, made it yes. X copy files to an environment, mm -hmm. but it would not wake back up a week later and then move it to QA. Right. And yep. then wake back up after you approve it and move it to production. That's a completely different workflow. That build is not designed yeah. to do. Well, it's deployment versus release. It, agreed. Agreed. And, and, and that's what was so amazing about release management. So that's yep. why I just literally, I, I still work almost every day with that product because I understand how important and critical it is for the Nirvana that you're asking for. You just can't do it with build alone. You need Correct. another tool to be able to do that. Correct. So I understand that whole, it, it makes me sick sometimes. They're rebuilding their code every, every single time. Every single like, time for an environment. Those aren't the same zeros and ones you just blessed in dev. That is a different set of zeros and ones, and yet you think expect it to happen the same way in QA now that you're literally recompiling it. Yep. And should somebody sneak in a, a change that you're not aware of or try to tease out a work item that you're well, not aware it's of? Even, and all of a sudden yes. it's, it's even worse than that. So let's say we, let's say we actually have this process where we went and said, okay, so, that's, so main is dev, and this is QA, and this is prod. Right, so we do some commits over here, and they go, okay, that stuff looks good. Let's take that and test it. Fantastic. Let's move that up to QA, right? And then we begin working on that. Maybe you have to do a fix or something else. So, so we do some more coding here. And we trounce our and fix. And then, we, then our, fix, <laughs> our fix is like these three chain sets. Yeah. So let's just cherry pick those three chain sets up. Well, guess Ugh. what? This stuff over here actually has some code in those change sets. Yeah. And another thing that another word <laughs> that you just said that makes my skin crawl is cherry, cherry picking. Pick. Mm -hmm. That is yes. guys, <laughs> I'm going to look at the camera for this. <laughs> right? If Whoa. your branching strategy looks like what he just described or you choose to use the term cherry picking quite a bit to try to get your code through to production, I would really rethink your pipeline. 
because, and I'm sure you're sitting there right now saying, yep, it's bitten us in the rear end more times than we can think of, but we had no other way of doing it. And I'm telling you that we have the tools, right? We have the technology that allows you not to have to do stuff like that anymore. And you're granted, it's going to change the way you write software, yep. mm -hmm. right? Just mm -hmm. like Scrum and Agile changed the way that we wrote software. Unit testing. It changes the way yep. you write software. Completely and this is another scenario where we have the tools and the practices and the lessons learned and the bruises to show how this is a very, very bad way of doing it. So, uh, okay, so what other stuff do you guys see out in the wild? Um, I, I can just, yeah, I feel bad <laughs> who does that. And you know you've seen that too. Oh my gosh, I mean, literally all over the world. Yes. It was funny, when we were, I remember once, uh, I think it was Dave McCrinstry and I were waiting in the airport once and he said that he was asked by one guy, uh, he was at a consultant, he was at a site helping someone and the, and the guy goes to Dave and says, don't you hate having to fix different problems at all your different customers? And They're David laughed different. and said, <laughs> I fixed the, the same, same problems at all of our customers, right? And it's like, of course I've seen that, right? If any one of us has seen it, <laughs> we've <laughs> all seen it because we've all come up with the same craziness. So, And we, and we actually sit and have conversations because we would work separately for weeks or months and then we'd have a, a team call because we and lived all, all over the country. The exact and we'd problem. say, hey, anybody, yep. Yep, yeah. saw that. Yeah, yeah. I, all the time. Yeah. Come across it. We get somebody new. It's like, hey, I just saw this as a customer, and we all had an answer. <laughs> yep, yeah. That, that, that was the, that was amazing because you start to build up these best practices and things to get out of that, which is why it's important to share. That's the reason that we're trying to do yep. do this show here is that we can share some of the things that we've learned on better ways of doing DevOps, how in empowering your customers, our customers, and making sure that they'd be successful, and things to look out for. So if you go back to work tomorrow and, and you look at your branching strategy and it looks like one of these things that we're saying no about, reach out to us, right? I am at Donovan Brown on Twitter, uh, and I probably answer 55, 60 questions a day on Twitter about, Donovan, where can I get help on X? And I don't mind helping you guys. So. Mm -hmm. um, reach out to me and if I don't know the answer I will quickly tag one of these guys in this week have. And exactly and bring them into the conversation if they're better experts because trust me I bow to both of them when it comes to branching and merging that is not my expertise I can't tell you how many times I've had IMs with Able at a customer site like oh that's a I haven't seen that branching strategy before hey, Able what's the answer here right so <laughs> the answer is uh, they're wrong exactly <laughs> 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 I know so I, I trust these guys and, I, and we can get you guys uh, uh, some help if you need it that's what we're here to do I want our customers to be successful Absolutely. and I'm to the point where I want our customers to be successful even if it's not using our products, right? I've, I've literally said, you know what? Given your scenario, that is actually a better solution for you than what we have today. So yeah. that's how, and what I do is I take that information on why that is the case and I bring it back with me to the product group and say, we gotta go fix this, right? Because mm -hmm. I actually recommended something else. So we're here to help. We're, we're not here to dictate or sugarcoat or tell you that uh, everything here is, is what it's not, something that it's not. But right now I'm extremely excited about what we have for build. I'm extremely excited about what we have for release coming up. Uh, I'm really excited about some stuff I can't even talk about right now that I think is going to change the way that you guys approach this because I think it's going to give you a lot of flexibility in what we're working on here in the product group. So is there anything else you guys would like to add before we wrap up here? One thing is just you touched on the flexibility of our tools. Yep. So even though we don't have V-next that you know about. <laughs> Just us mere mortals. What we, what, what <laughs> we have cool seen. Some cool stuff coming too. <laughs> Between VSTS, uh, whether you're using Git or whether you're using the centralized version control system, the new release management system, it is so flexible. It literally allows my customers to do whatever they want, however they want onto any platform. Exactly. Any yeah. language, any platform. That is the mantra that I'm going to be preaching tomorrow. I am mm -hmm. speaking at uh, S4 in the morning at a keynote, and I rehearsed today, and I kept saying, any language, any platform. This means 
for all my TSP friends out there, to all my SSPs, stop letting your customers only let you talk to the .NET people. Yeah. Because everything that we've just talked about is applicable regardless of the language that you program in or the platform that you target. And I'm talking not just Mac and PC. I'm talking Android, iOS, Xbox, Arduinos. If you can <laughs> program it, then we can actually help you deploy it. We literally yes. have a guy who put our build agent on a Raspberry Pi. That is like no nonsense. I, I just saw an article I was pulling down on the flight over here. Um, I've been playing around with Raspberry Pis and Arduinos sure. recently. And I saw a, um, uh, a CI it's for Raspberry Pi and Arduino, a CI for IoT. I'm like, yes! Exactly. So <laughs> if, if you can dream it, we can build it, right? And we can help you do that. So where can people learn more about you guys, right? So obviously, I mean, I always tell them my, my Twitter handle is at Donovan Brown. I blog at DonovanBrown.com. I know I refer people to your blog all the time, Abel. What's yes. the URL there? URL is AbelSquidhead.com. <laughs> <laughs> is that your Twitter handle too? That is my Twitter <laughs> handle as well, AbelSquidhead. <laughs> and uh, Steve? <laughs> uh, my Twitter handle is um, at Steve St. Jean. Okay. And my blog, which is, has been quiet recently, um, is HowSteveGotBurnedToday.com. I've been to that one quite a few yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. The, na the name well. came out of my frustration with V1 of MS Build. Understood. Um, <laughs> Understood. I, I remember by the time I mastered MS Build, they went to XAML Builds. Yes. <laughs> so I was like, I I'm still, always I still behind. have customers asking to help for help with MS Build, though. So the, yeah, there's, so a, there's the investment. a lot. Yeah, it's well, well put because, again, yeah. people can't move as fast as we want them to. Right? Yes. There's a lot of legacy. I mean, show me a company who doesn't have VB6 running inside of it, right? <laughs> they yep. all do. They yep. all do. So thank you so much, guys. I really do appreciate you stopping by and hanging out Absolutely. with me today. Uh, and to you guys, I'll see you guys next time. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Let's try that again. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Perfect.